What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Two Minute Drill presented by Deep Dive Sports. It's myself, Nick, and I'm joined by David and Dom this week. We'll kick it right off with our quarter one recap time. Cowboys, Bills. Cowboys were rolling. And then all of a sudden, the Bills said, not today, Dak Prescott. Um, if you guys didn't watch this game, the Bills ended up winning 31-10. to Dak, not having an, like, I guess his completion percentage wasn't awful, but he only threw 434 yards and one interception. Um, the run game really didn't get much going. You know, I think C.D. Lamb was held under 100 yards for maybe the first time in at least like four or five games, I believe. So definitely that defense stepped up. But when you look at Josh Allen, he only threw the ball 15 times for 94 yards and one touchdown. Um, But Cook cooked for 179 yards, 7.2 yards a carry and one touchdown. They had uh, two other rushing touchdowns on the night. So definitely, I don't know how the Cowboys didn't stop the run. Usually they're, all right against it, but I don't know. What's your thoughts, Dom, on this game? Um, I was impressed with how the Bills have responded. Um, well, responded towards, you know, their the rough couple weeks before this game. Um, they're still on the outside looking into the playoffs, but um, this was a much-needed win. Um, it was against a team that, you know, no one thought that they could really beat. And I think Josh Allen and the the whole team really stepped up and made a good statement that, you know, they're not going to go down without a fight. Um, They're still, you know, still really in this playoff race. I think there's what five teams in the AFC that have an eight and six record. Um, You know, they need to really win out to, to stay competitive and make a shot at the playoffs. So the fact that they were able to go into Dallas and, you know, get a statement win against a team that was arguably one of the hottest teams in the NFL. Uh, I think it was really impressive. Yeah, I can't agree more. Uh, David, what do you got? Uh, I think my prediction was right from last week, if I remember correctly. Um, So while not an excellent performance from Josh Allen, definitely an excellent performance from James Cook. I think that... Like Dom said, the team stepped up when they needed to and held Dallas within by the reins, basically, I should say, and controlled the majority of the game. Like, I don't know what else to say other than that. Yeah, this was this was one where you look at the Cowboys and you're like, not that you expect them to win this game, because I like we've talked about it before, like Josh Allen, you know, he has his turnover issues, but he's still a good quarterback. And I think this team is still all right. I think there's some holes they need to probably address in the off season. But I mean, this is a team that can be a, a quality team heading into the playoffs. So you would have expected a little bit more of a fight. And like, I know Josh Allen only threw the ball 15 times, but he had seven completions. You know what I mean? So like he was right around 50%, you know, didn't turn the ball over. Probably could have had a few more completions, maybe some more yards, but that's ticky tacky here and there. So I don't know. Just a they they just kind of out physical them, and that is something that I don't know if we've really been able to say about the Cowboys this year that often. But I don't know. It's very interesting. Very interesting indeed. I think the Cowboys just kind of have to take this one on the chin and move on and um, 
just try to keep competing for the rest of the season. I, I think that the w number one seed is probably out of reach for them in the NFC at this point, but anything is possible, I guess. <laughs> um, next game that we had here on the docket was Eagles versus Seahawks. I, I don't, David, I don't, did you have the Seahawks winning this game? Cause I don't, I don't think I did last week. I think I had, I think I said I had the Eagles winning, but I wouldn't be surprised if Seattle won. Yeah. I mean, listen, I drew Locke came out and looked pretty well. You know what I mean? I don't think he had like the greatest game of all time, but you know, 22 for 33, 208 yards, one passing touchdown. Like he was pretty efficient. Um, Jackson Sith, oh my gosh, haven't said, haven't had to say his name in a while. Jackson Sith and Jibba played, you know, a pretty good game and then had the game winning catch. There's a lot of stuff out there on social media. If you guys haven't seen it, where it almost looked exactly like his game winning catch in the bowl game a couple years back. Um, so just a very interesting thing there, but he does seem to be kind of coming into his own and, and maybe being able to step step into that second wide receiver role going into next year. So that'd be very interesting, but on the Eagles side, which I think is probably the more interesting story here, you look at Jalen hurts and this Eagles team and they've dropped three games in a row now. Um, and I think a lot of people are questioning the ability of the defense, but I'm more looking at their offense and stuff like that and being like, Hey, you know, I know they played the Cowboys last week and they played the 49ers the week before and obviously letting up 33 points and letting up 42 points in back-to-back -to -back games is not great. You would hope that your defense could have a few more stops. But I think those two games, maybe it was more the offense just didn't hold onto the ball long enough so the other team's offenses had more chances to score points on that defense. And sometimes when you are in those situations, you look a little bit worse as a defense than maybe what you actually are. Um, but in this game, they hold this, they held the Seahawks to 20 points. Like the Eagles offense has to be more efficient. Jalen hurts has to be more efficient. And I think these past three games, that offense just really hasn't looked right. And I think they really need to figure that out before going into the playoffs. But David, I'm interested to hear your opinion about this game. And then, and then just the Eagles in general, with their struggles. Yeah, I think that the biggest issue is definitely the offense. Like you said, the defense was out there. Eventually, they're just going to, I guess you could say, slow down, become tired. And that's what we, we saw in the last two games. I mean, and in this game, they held the Seahawks to only 20 points. And the Seahawks offense is no slouch in its own. Like, it, it's a solid offense. It can get points down. It can get itself points, basically. While it may not be the flashiest, but it can it can move the ball. So the fact that this, the Eagles held them to 20 points while the Eagles' offense just was not able to do anything at all. All right. Uh, Dom, what you got? Yeah, I mean, it's a little concerning, but, I mean, we see good teams go through slumps every now and then. Um the 49ers lost three games in a row and people thought the world was on fire and like with what the 49s are now. Um, you know, some things maybe aren't going as well as they were earlier in the season, but I I still think this team is too good to just fall apart. 
Um, are they maybe as dominant as as I thought that they were before this three game losing streak? Maybe not, but who's to say that they can't be? You know, I'm sure Jalen Hurts is going to figure things back out again once he. I know he was playing sick, so maybe once he's feeling a little bit better, you know, his play will get better. Um, they just had a, I think, a rough stretch of games where they had really good opponents, and you know, I think the the Seahawks are still a good team. They're still on the outside looking into the playoffs, but they're not they're not a bad team by any stretch. So I think they'll figure it out. I'm not overly concerned about how they're playing right now. Yeah. I mean, I don't think we're concerned. I just think obviously like the 49ers and Cowboys, those are playoff teams, right? So you would expect that there could be a loss with those two games. You know what I mean? I think you would have hoped for more of a hard fought game. I think that's, really what you would have wanted but I feel like there has been so many times this year where we've had that that conversation whether that was with the Dolphins whether that was with the Bills or the Cowboys or the Eagles um, even the Chiefs to a certain extent like I think that they've kind of gotten outmatched in some of these games against playoff teams and who knows like I do think that the Eagles are going to see you know, the Cowboys or the 49ers again. So maybe they'll be able to get theirs in that situation. And obviously the 49ers were looking for a little bit of revenge when they played them. But I do think there's some credence. And and that Eagles defense is young. They have a lot of young guys on there. They just got to get better. So I think that's that's probably the main thing on that. So um, last game that we had up here, Ravens-Jaguars. You look at the... I guess you look at this game statistically... Um, compared to maybe watching it, I think if you just looked at the stats, you would say like, hey, how did the Ravens come out with this win? I mean, Trevor Lawrence played better than, you know, Lamar Jackson passing wise. But you look at Lamar Jackson, he has almost 100 rushing yards in this game. Um, I just don't know where the Jaguars are at right now. I, I do think that they're on just the... They're almost there, I think, as a team. You know what I mean? I think they just need to fill a few more holes in this offseason, and I think this will be a team that should be pretty competitive within the AFC going forward. But like we've talked a lot, I think David and I talked about it last week, there's um, 16 teams in the AFC, and, and as of last week, and I think probably, at least as of last week, there was 15 of those teams were still mathematically able to make the playoffs, and 11 of them were really fighting for a playoff spot. And I don't think we're in a much different situation than what we were last week. So the AFC is looking to be a very competitive conference going forward. I think the NFC is pretty close, but I don't think there's 15 teams that are able to compete for a playoff spot every single, you know what I mean? From the NFC side, but it's definitely still close. Um, I don't know. What's your opinions on this game, Dom, between the Ravens and the Jaguars? Um, I agree a lot with what you said about the Jaguars. I think they're they're a young team that's still growing. Um, you know, they were playing really well for a while earlier in the season, but I think maybe their youth and inexperience may be catching up with them. I know Trevor Lawrence also isn't one hundred percent. Um we don't know how far away he is from one hundred percent, but he's clearly still dealing with an ankle injury there. So, I think once he once he gets you know close to being 
fully healthy, I think this team will be a lot better. But I still think they're a couple pieces away um, offensively from really being competitive. But I still think that they're going to make the playoffs. Um, the Ravens, I think they're one of, if not the favorite in the AFC at this point. Um, I know it's either them or the Dolphins fighting for the number one seed. I think it, right now it's the Ravens. Uh, if I had to put any money on it, I would have more faith in the Ravens than I would the Dolphins. I think they're, you know, a juggernaut defensively. Lamar Jackson is having probably the best season of his career at this point. Um, these are the best passing numbers he's put up over a whole season. And he's still just a complete game changer uh, with his legs. So I think, I think they're a really scary team and playing them in the playoffs for any team is going to be a really daunting task. All right. David, what's your thoughts on this game? I think that they're definitely within reach of winning a Super Bowl. I don't think it's going to happen this year, obviously, but um, it's definitely the pieces are there. They're young. They need to get things worked out. Um, and I think that maybe they are just one, maybe one off season away of being a serious Super Bowl contender as long as they play their cards right. But that's a big if. With Lamar Jackson, I think that, yeah, this is probably, this is his best passing season to date. And honestly, he's just been getting better every single year since he was drafted. I mean, yeah, he was just a running quarterback when he started. And that's what he was for the first, what, year two? And then they started implementing more of a passing game with him. And he struggled early. So I think it was just finding that balance of being able to run, but also being able to throw. And I think that time and that fruition is finally, sorry, time and um, trial and error, I guess you could put it, is coming to fruition is how I needed to say that. As far as the rest of the team, I think they find, they came together and uh, they they put up a good game. Yeah. Yeah, I think like we said it, the Ravens are there at this point. They are a uh, Super Bowl competing team. I think the Jaguars are right there. Like, they're close. Um, I, I just think they, they need a few more pieces, another year of development, and uh, and I think that Trevor Lawrence can have them in a good situation. I think this team will be competing um, definitely for a playoff spot next year and then maybe even a Super Bowl depending on what the rest of the AFC looks like. You know, obviously they still have the Chiefs and the Bills and the Ravens. Um, you know, we don't know what the the Browns will look like when Deshaun Watson comes back, but that defense looks, you know, out of this world, even with all the injuries. So I think uh, I think that they'll be right in that conversation. And C.J. Stroud with the Texans, who knows what they look like next year too. So um, it'll be very interesting. Very interesting going forward. Uh, quarter two this week, everybody, we're going to skip. I mean, there's not really much going on in the college football realm other than the bowl games, and I don't know, I don't really 
can't really name one that that went on this past week <laughs> other than knowing there is one named after avocados uh i do think maybe in the future hopefully deep dive sports we can we can crowdfund one you know it could be the the deep dive sports bowl and we can put it right there right, in george stadium there, you know what i mean right in right in berea um you know nice nice yeah little i'm sure bowl. i'm sure our alma mater would love that Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd be really cool. You know, it, it, you don't even have to give us good teams. It could just be like, you know, Toledo versus Central Michigan. why are you just randomly shitting on toledo toledo went like 11 and 3 <laughs> <laughs> and i'm pretty listen. i'll have to look back but i think they won their bowl game like why, why are you just if you're Listen. gonna call out a bad team call out a bad team Dumb. I, I, wa I watched the MAC championship game, and I've never seen worse football. from Division One college football, I think, in my life. And, like, I'm not trying to be mean or anything, but that was, it was really bad to watch. I don't know if anybody else watched that, but I I was excited. I was like, oh, th this will be fun. There's two Ohio teams. I'm like, this should be some good football. And I'm like, this, I don't know. It was not great. It wasn't great football. I saw, like, three missed field goals. I was like, this is, this is tough. Did those three missed field goals disappoint you more than the Ohio State missed field goal? David, why would you bring that up, bro? Like, are you just trying to get me turnt about fucking? Can we can we kick him off? Oh my gosh, I said it. All right, I I used the one f word for the episode. Oh man, like, you know I get so mad about that because it's CJ's fault. Guys, young athletes You're welcome. out there, it's always tails. It's always tails. If you call heads in a freaking college football playoff game, I will. What are you going to do? What an idiot. All right, quarter three. Now let's just move on to the next topic here. Current topics. <laughs> David, you, you can't you can't bring up sensitive topics like that because he'll just go off the rails. I'm 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 so triggered right now. I can't even. I can't. Even. Oh man, current topics. If you guys didn't know, last week the Chargers lost sixty-two to to literally nothing to the Raiders. Um. I I It can't. wasn't literally nothing. They scored 21 points. Give them a little bit of credit. All right, whatever. The the Raiders, the Raiders, with I don't even know their it's was it Kevin O'Connell is that the is that the dude's name Ryan I think O'Connell, it's Aiden, Aiden O'Connell, I Aiden think. whatever Aiden O'Connell I don't even know his name don't care sixty Is he two even a real person? sixty two points and finally finally the prayers were answered all right we prayed for Matt Canada to be fired. And we've prayed for Brandon Staley to be out of the Chargers, which it doesn't really matter because the Chargers will always suck. You you could put every of the best player in every position on the Chargers, and they'll still not make the playoffs somehow. I don't know what it is, but he's been fired. He's out as head coach. The And question I think the GM was gone too. the GM, everybody's gone. They cleaned house. The question for you guys is, though, next head coach, I think we had maybe talked about it a little bit, but... There's a ton of conversation about Belichick potentially being out um, at the end of the season. As we continue on this season, Steelers on a three-game losing streak to two teams that really suck. Mike Tomlin's name is now being floated out in speculation that the Steelers might move on from him. Um, with those two now, I guess I would say it's fair to put them in the conversation with as much speculation as going on and other candidates out there. Who should be the next Chargers head coach? 
um, coupled with maybe a couple names you guys think should be given at least an opportunity or a look. Uh, I'll start All with right. David. Well, I was going to start anyways. Um, oh. regardless. All right. <laughs> so, Damn. because I wanted to get this out of the way, I'm going to take Mike Tomlin and Bill Belichick off the table. The reason okay. being is because I think Pittsburgh will stick with their guy um, with Mike Tomlin because, honestly, he has had a lot of success with Pittsburgh, and he hasn't really let them down too badly, especially even with the as bad of teams that he's had in the last couple of years. Bill Belichick, the reason I think he won't go to L.A. unless – unproven differently is I think he'll I think he'll retire and end his career as a patriot um before he goes anywhere else. If he does it's he'll probably want to do like a GM thing, if anything. Not not as um a head coach. Now to my person that I think should be head coach, I think Brian Flores. That was the first name that came to mind when it came to head coach. Um, so I think out of everyone, he probably should have the best shot at becoming a head coach again. Okay. Uh, Dom? I'm going to say Mike Tomlin. Um, I I think he's an amazing head coach, but I think sometimes just change is needed and things can get kind of stale. Um, it seems like Tomlin's having a hard time reaching some of the younger guys on the Steelers team, especially on offense, um, looking specifically at George Pickens and Deontay Johnson. Um, <clears throat> I don't know. I think it's just gotten to the point where things just aren't going to be different. He's been the coach since, what, 2007, 2008? Somewhere around, around there. I forgot exactly what year. Um, maybe was it but, was it oh six? It oh six to oh nine. It was one of those years. I, Cause I what he's because he's in what year sixteen now, seventeen. I don't know. I'm Whatever. looking this up right now. Either way, he's been there for well over a well over a decade, almost two decades. Um, you know, you the Steelers haven't won a playoff game in seven years. Um, m- made the playoffs last in 2020 you know at, at this point i don't i don't see things changing you know it, like tom is not all of a sudden going to completely change his philosophy and change who he is as a coach and you know the teams are going to you know be built differently and things are just going to be different randomly um you know it i think it's gotten to the point where you know uh, maybe a new voice in in the uh, organization could be kind of needed because you can't just keep running out the same product and expecting different results um, and just hoping things are going to be different. And, you know, with how storied the, the Steelers organization is like, you know, I, we have a resident Steelers fan here, but you guys are used to winning. Um, And I feel like it's going to be getting to the point where just finishing nine and eight, or eight and nine every year is going to get a little stale. Like just being in the playoff hunt till the end of the season and finishing over 500, 
I, that that's not something that I would I would expect the Steelers fans to accept for a long period of time because you guys are used to not just being in the hunt for the playoffs but in the playoffs fighting for Super Bowls not just fighting for the last wild card spot. Um, so I think maybe I think I think the Chargers or the Commanders would be a perfect fit for Tomlin. I think he'll go there have you know. I think he'll have pretty good um, success wherever he goes. And, you know, maybe Brian Flores goes back to Pittsburgh. He was there last year. Maybe they bring Brian Flores in to be head coach or something. I don't know. And also real quick, uh, before you continue, uh, he was hired on January 22nd, 2007. Yeah. Okay. I mean, listen. So I- we were pretty close with, you know, the the timing of, yeah. of everything. I mean, I, I didn't. I didn't expect this to be a Steelers topic, but to answer the the Chargers question, I will agree with David. Outside of Tomlin and Belichick, I think Brian Flores, to me right now, should be like the number one guy on people's boards for head coaching for head coaching job. I think he's, I think in the eyes of of ownership, you know, he's he's served his time, um, his punishment per se of kind of speaking out against an owner and, and, you know, suing and all that stuff. Um, I think he deserves another chance. If it weren't for the fact that the own, the Miami owner was just trying to look to, to tank and lose, and he was getting pushback from Brian, Brian Flores. I think that we'd be in a different situation because he had that Miami dolphins team, you know, playing pretty well and he, he was developing to a pretty decently. So I think that, from that standpoint, I think he deserves another opportunity, whether that's with the Chargers or with another team. Um, when it comes to Mike Tomlin, I'll, I'll speak on Belichick first. I, I do agree with David. I don't think that like he's going to want to. I think that he should retire only because I, I just think that at some point you look at some people in sports, specifically coaches or maybe people within like the general manager's office, and you're like, you're a little outdated. Um, and you just don't have the ability to spot talent the same way you used to. You don't have the ability to um, galvanize the players the way that you used to. And when you couple those together, you get what the Patriots are now. And I think we'll always look back at Belichick as one of the greatest coaches of all time. Um but I don't think he's going to be able to have like a Tom Brady like moment where he goes to another team and wins a Super Bowl. I just don't see that happening, um, especially if they allow him to continue to be the GM and the head coach. I just don't think he spots talent the same way that he used to, and I think that that is the the main problem with that. And I just don't I don't see him being able to go to the Chargers or another organization and recreate what he had. I I just don't see that at this point anymore. When it comes to Mike Tomlin and the Steelers, the Steelers would have to trade him to the Chargers because I think he's under contract for a couple more seasons. So that would be something that would be very interesting, I guess, as a package of what they would get out of that. Um, I guess you would look at that a lot like um, what the Saints were able to get for Sean Payton, which was like a first-round draft pick or something, I think. So, And then a couple other things sprinkled in. So I think that would probably be where you're at. But for the Steelers, I think that I go back to the comment and that Big Ben made like last week or something like that, that he just doesn't feel like the 
the Steelers culture is there anymore. And and this is what I'll say. I I do think that they're the that the culture is still culture there, is but it is very much predicated on winning. Um the winning cures all, right? But it's also predicated on having the talent. And I will say as a Steelers fan, there really there really hasn't been like Yes, we're a successful franchise, but there's been valleys and peaks, right? Like you had the Bradshaw era where they won those Super Bowls. And then after that, up until Roethlisberger won that Super Bowl, there was no Super Bowl wins. I mean, what's the gap there? That's 30, 40 years or something like that. You know what I mean? So that's 30, 40 years of of whatever, you know, ups and downs, having good seasons, bad seasons, missing the playoffs, making the playoffs, losing games in the playoffs, right? So like that's pretty much where we've been the past 10 seasons at this point. You know what I mean? Where we're above 500, we're winning games, we're making it to the playoffs sometimes, we may not be winning very many playoff games, but that's where we're at right now. And I think the main thing that will push the Steelers to get rid of Mike Tomlin is is this. And I think I think they have to go to him and ask if he's okay having a losing season or two. Because that's the only real reason they're going to, to be able to reset this. I think you have some super talented guys. Like I think Broderick Jones is super talented. I think TJ Watt is going to go down as one of the best, if you know, if not in the conversation, as top five best pass rushers of all time um, to come out of the league. I think Mika Fitzpatrick is a dog. Joey Porter Jr. is one of the best young cornerbacks in the league at this point. Um, I Highsmith is a great pass rusher. I think that George Pickens is super talented. He just seems to be super whiny, and that's not a good combination. I think that's just a that's that's a tough thing to look at. Um, but when you look at the rest of the team, you're like, there's really not much going on in that offensive line. And as as good as people think Deontay Johnson is, I I don't I don't know. He's talented, but he's a number three guy that plays in the slot. To me, that's that's where he's at. Um I don't know. They they need to reset. They need to be okay resetting. And if Mike Tom's not okay with that, then thanks, man. Like, we appreciate everything you did. I'm not going to discredit it. But this team needs to look at a rebuild. And you're not going to be able to do that by picking at 15 or 16 every single year. A quarterback's not going to fall in your lap like Roethlisberger did at, at, what, 15 or 16 when they drafted him. So that's just not going to happen anymore. Like, we... We in you know in the world and specifically the people that keep track of that stuff, they know who the top quarterbacks are each year coming out, right? Brock Purdy, he got missed, but who was who was the last person that got drafted that late that got missed? Tom Brady, you know what I mean? We're talking about rare, <laughs> rare company. And I'm not even saying that Brock Purdy is Tom Brady, but we're talking about rare company that gets missed that late in the draft. That's that good. That's able to be a franchise guy that you look at um, just doesn't happen all the time. Most of the guys that are franchise guys, you're drafting them in the, in the top 10 picks of the draft every single year. Um, Lamar Jackson was drafted at the end of the draft. Okay. I'll give you that one, but he's had kind of a rough career to this point. And obviously he's definitely caught on. He's had an MVP, like, but there are lots of question marks about whether or not he could be an accurate passer and he's developed and, Kudos to him. Um, but other than that, most of the guys are drafted in the top 10. That just is what it is. So I don't know. They got to reset. 
But Mike Tomlin would be an amazing ad. I don't know about Washington because I feel like Washington is just the same as Pittsburgh. Like, I think they have probably a little bit more talent, but their quarterback position isn't much better. Like, Sam Howe's not much better than Kenny Pickett is. I mean, they'll be picking earlier in the draft, and he's from the area, so he's got that sentimental connection to the to the organization. Regardless of wherever he goes, like, if I'm him, especially if he stays with the Steelers, like, if I'm the Steelers, if I'm Washington, if I'm Atlanta, and if I'm Seattle, I'm calling Chicago about Justin Fields at the end of the season and seeing what they're going to do with him. And if not, then I'm asking about that first overall pick and seeing what I have to give up to get it. Because... So, are you talking from the Steelers? Any, I'm saying, I'm saying, any of any of those four teams, right? Like, I think, okay. I think any of those four teams need to call and ask about Justin Fields first, and then if they're like, no, Justin's our guy, then they need to be like, is getting that first overall pick realistic for us? You know what I mean? I think the Steelers are probably out of that question for the first overall pick, um, but I think Washington could move up, right? Like, I think Seattle has to seriously consider it. Um, who else did I say? Crap. Oh, the. The Falcons, I think the Falcons have to consider it seriously, but I think Justin Fields is a guy that that could really change those three franchises um, if he's put in the right situation and he has enough talent around him because he's actually. Paying. I mean, he'll be easier to go get than the first overall pick. But it just, like I said, depends on if Chicago wants to move on from him, right? Like that's the. I mean, it, they're they're in a win-win situation. Like, if a team is like, "Hey, we'll give you." you know, a second and a third for Justin Fields. The Bears will be like, okay, we'll draft Caleb Williams or Jake or Drake May at number one and reset the salary cap and have, you know, either Drake May or Caleb Williams, who people are saying are generational talents at at quarterback. Now you have additional picks to, you know, build the rest of the team. Then you can pair you know, Caleb Williams or Drake May with Marvin Harrison Jr. And then you got more picks to fill out that offensive line. So, like, if I'm the Bears and if someone calls me and gives me a fair offer for Justin Fields, yeah, I'm I'm taking it. I don't know. I refuse to believe that a quarterback from North Carolina University is a generational talent, but that's just me. Anyway, now that we've talked about everything but the Chargers head coaching job, um, Let's move on. Uh, it, everyone forgets about the entire organization, so it's easy to pass up on them. Yeah. <laughs> but it is it is an important job. I mean, Justin Herbert is he he's a great quarterback, right? Like I think I think he has the ability to really be a staple quarterback within this league for the next 10 years, but he just need he just needs a guy to to steady that ship and 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 he needs somebody who can who can make good decisions and put good players around him, and I think that team will be successful. Yeah, well, he needs stability at the offensive coordinator position because having four and five years isn't good for any quarterback. Um, but also with how the team played this last week, should Justin Herbert get uh, some MVP votes? Because I know that the team hasn't <clears throat> hasn't really performed well all season, even with him. But he was he, he was able to make them look semi competitive in pretty much all of their games. And then the first game that he misses, they lose 63 to 21. I don't know, man. It's it's tough though cuz cuz it'd be different like if if they went to 
someone better, right? But, I mean, Easton Stick is, like, the equivalent of pulling somebody who stays in shape off their couch. Like, I, I just don't, like, I have... Like, when they said, oh, Easton Stick's going to play, and I was just like, I didn't realize that he was still in the league. You know what I mean? That was like when Drew Locke was playing for Seattle this week. I was like, why is he still in the league? Like, I don't understand. What do you mean, why is he still in the he's, he's been the – they traded for him, and it's part of the Russell Wilson trade. I, he's only like 24 years old. I didn't realize he was still there. I'm not going to lie. Like, both of them, I was like, I didn't I didn't even know that you were still an option. Um, okay, well, I, I knew that. I knew that Drew Locke hey, was can, still with the team. Yeah, I was going to say, I can forgive Easton Stick, but Drew Locke, that he's was not, what? He's, he's not great. Ago? I mean, he listen, he he played a good game against the Eagles. I'll give him that. Maybe, maybe they're developing him, and he's going to turn out to be their franchise guy when they move on from Geno Smith. I don't know. I could be wrong. I'll eat crow on that one. But specifically Easton Stick, I was just like, I... I don't. I didn't even know. I, I was like, all right. I had no expectations. I mean, it was like, I don't know. So I, like I said, if if they had moved on to like, I don't know, but and and right, it's moving tough. on. Yeah. Forty yeah. ers The question for you guys is like, is there a team in the league that you think could really stop the Forty ers at this point? I know. I know that they went on a three-game skid earlier in the season. I think we've had that, you know, Dom's mentioned, hey, like, teams go through that. That is what it is. They got to have growing pains. Um, But they're rolling at this point. And Brock Purdy, as much as people want to argue about the conversation, he is playing at an MVP level at this point. You know, can can they be stopped? Is there a team out there that matches up with them that has the ability to stop this almost seems like inevitable Super Bowl run that they're on. David? But yeah, I think teams can. I think that any team is beatable. Let's be honest here. Any team is beatable. There's a reason only one team ever has gone completely undefeated throughout the regular season plus the playoffs and the Super Bowl. Only one team's done that in the entire history of the NFL. And that was what the seventy-two Miami Dolphins. Yep. Don't get me wrong; the Patriots' undefeated regular season and playoffs was amazing, but they lost in the Super Bowl. So, I think that any team, unless proven differently, can be beaten. So it's just a matter of a working hard against the for the opposing team, organizing the right schemes to play against the 49ers and then actually executing it. But, but David, oh. who, who you got to name a team, man. I get that. We all get that. Anybody could lose, but what's, but in your mind, who's the team or teams that could, that could beat them in a game. They got one game playoff game who beats them, who stops their run. All right. Let me look at the standings right now. All right. From, the NFC, I still think the Philadelphia Eagles can actually win. With Look, the defense is there. It's just a matter of offense actually performing. We discussed that earlier. So everything is already there for the Philadelphia Eagles to actually win. And in terms of the AFC, 
I think the best two teams to have a chance would either be the Baltimore Ravens or the Kansas City Chiefs. The only reason I say the Chiefs is because Patrick Mahomes is kind of like the, I don't want to say the modern day Tom Brady because he's not, but it's hard to bet against Patrick Mahomes unless proven differently. It's the point that I'm trying to make. This year, though, I think you could. I mean, he's got pretty much us out there playing wide receiver for him. Um, so it's like it, it's pretty tough when nobody can catch the, the ball. I don't know. Dom, who are the teams in your mind or, or team in your mind that, that you think could stop the 49ers on their 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 run right now to the, the Super Bowl, it looks like? Um, I actually got four teams. Uh, so from the NFC, I could see the Lions. I could see the Lions beating them. Um, offensively, I think they could move the ball up there with the best of them. I think defensively, um, it'll be a high-scoring game. Um, but I think that Detroit has some has some good players on defense where they can make some stops if if they really needed to. And I mean, you got Amon Ross St. Brown, you got Jameer Gibbs, Jamison Williams, you got a, a loaded offense and um, Jared Goff's been playing really well this season. Um, I want, I want to say the Cowboys as weird as that is for me to say, cause I hate the Cowboys, um, how they've been playing offensively, defensively, they've looked like one of the better teams in the league this year. Um, but I think their track record makes me hesitant to to say that they can beat the 49ers. Um, then there's the Eagles. Fully healthy, I think the Eagles could do it. I think they have enough on defense. And, you know, I think they clearly have enough offensively if everyone's fully healthy and, and playing as we expect them to play. Um, AFC-wise, I could see the Ravens. I could see the Ravens beating them. I don't know if they'll beat them this coming Monday, but, um, you know, if it was like a Super Bowl matchup, I could see the Ravens winning that. Um, surprisingly, I could see I could see the Browns doing it. Um, the I, I, I know that's I know. that's you, that's I, such that's such a Homer thing. Joe, listen, no, I, that's that's okay, so, so Joe Flacco is not beating the 40. Come on. Come on. Was go, I was if you would let me. Instead of cutting into what I was about to say, defensively, I think the Browns have all around the best defense in the league. When everyone's fully healthy, I think the Browns' defense can slow down the 49ers' offense enough where it could be a close game and the Browns could win it. I'm not, I'm not going to be a super homer and say, oh, yeah, the Browns could win that game 35-3 to and Joe Flacco throws for 500 yards. No, it the Browns are going to win. Do that. A majority of their game is based on their defense. And I think the defense is playing well enough all season where they, they've been arguably the best defense in football this year. In a one-off game, if everyone's fully healthy, I like the Browns' defense in this game. But but not everybody's fully healthy. They're missing they're, – they're down 13 starters for the rest of the season. Like, people aren't coming back. So I think, like – Yes, in in to be completely honest, I think we talked about this last week, David and I, and I was like, it it would be the most like Browns thing if they if they won the freaking Super Bowl with Joe Flacco. Like, I don't, I can't think of another like 
like somehow Joe Flacco, a person who like just caused the Browns so much pain over his career in Baltimore, could come to Cleveland and bring them a Super Bowl. I don't I can't think of a, a crazier storyline that that I would even subscribe to that because that's just complete chaos. But I don't think the Browns are getting there. I think that they're going to be like a, a cool, fun team to watch in the playoffs. And like you said, I agree. That defense, I don't think there's a better defense in the league at this point. Um, if if everybody that is still available to play is on the field, if they play, I don't think there's a better defense. I mean, I will say that most of the Browns' injuries have been on the offensive side of the ball. Most of the season-ending injuries have been on the offensive side of the ball. Denzel Ward came back last week. Uh, we'll see if Obo-Okoronkwo um, is out for the season, but he missed last week, but he could come back. Try to um, say that three times. You're just, you're just you're I not, can't. As, as, much, <laughs> as, as, much as, as much as you would think, like, again, it goes back to that point, right? The offensive line is decimated. Joe Flacco is, as good as he's played, he's still Joe Flacco, right? So at the end of the day, he's going to turn the ball over. So if you give that 49ers offense that many bites at the apple, the defense is going to break at some point or multiple times in a in a playoff game, right? A Super Bowl, right? So I just think that there there's just so much that they've lost that it just is very unlikely that they really make it to the Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, and if they do, I agree, yes, to a certain to a certain point in that game, I think they could keep it close. But once we hit towards the end of the second quarter, going into that second half, I do think at some point the 49ers are going to bust that open because you could only you can only do so much as a defense. Uh, right. But the, the question was, in in a one off game, who do we think could beat the 49ers but the, in a set in a seven game series? A, it's not. It's But it's not even realistic to say, like, at this point with what that team is to put them in the conversation. I get it. I would love the for Browns beat them with P.J. Walker. Joe Flacco is a much better quarterback than PJ. Yeah, but Walker also is. that was that was during their stretch when they didn't have what three of their best players on the field. So no, like, the only person that the that the 49ers were missing from that game was Debo. Well, didn't Christian McCaffrey go out with an injury at some point? Like I thought, like midway I, through the midway through the third. But still, I mean that that matters, right? Like you 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 still you still had a fairly healthy Browns. Yeah, team. it matters, but the Browns were down Nick Chubb. And Deshaun Watson were playing PJ Walker quarterback. Yeah, but Deshaun Watson that, that matters but too. Deshaun Watson wasn't playing much better than what PJ Walker played in that game anyway to start the season. So like I don't think they like at that moment in the that season, their quarterback play really wasn't much different with him, right? PJ Walker just had to go in there and manage the game, which is what he did. Um but again, I like I said, at this point, I can't subscribe to the Browns. I I honestly, in my mind, to answer the question for me, like the only team that, in my mind, stops this 49ers team is the 49ers. And it's if they get injured. That's it, right? I think if they if they start to sustain injuries, which they've been pretty injury-prone over the years, if people start to go down, that's the only reason that they... That's the only reason they slow down. That's the only reason they get stopped. I don't... The Cowboys are very suspect. Dak is playing pretty well, but he's had his moments where you're like, you are very inconsistent. Jalen Hurts has been very inconsistent this year. That 49ers defense is young. Again, you give that 49ers offense enough bites at the apple, they're going to score points. The Lions are a cool story, but they're not there yet. Like, they're cool. 
I like Jared Goff. I love their head coach. I just I don't think that that team is there yet. I think very much like the Jaguars. I think they're one off season away from then us really having that conversation of them being uh, Super Bowl competitors. I think they'll be but a good they're, player. They're ten and four and tied for second in the NFC. I don't know. I just I don't I don't think that they're there yet to compete with the 49ers. I think they're close. I just I'm also and maybe I'm also just not I'm not really like trusting Jared Goff. Like I need to see it first, maybe, but to me he's a big factor. He's been very up and down this season as well, too. Um I think the closest team is probably the Ravens, but I don't know. I just don't I don't think the Ravens have the offensive weapons to compete with the offensive weapons of the 49ers. And I think the 49ers defense, they have better better playmakers on the defense when especially when it comes to that pass rush. I think that's just that's just the fact of life. Now you're going to have to run around with Lamar Jackson, but if you can keep him running instead of passing, like he's not going to be able to run for 300 yards in that game and win that game for you. So I don't know. That's in my mind like I said, the 49ers injuries, that's the only thing that stops them. If if they start to sustain, if they lose like Debo, if they lose McCaffrey, if they lose Kittle, if they lose um, their left tackle, his name escapes me. Um, if Purdy goes down again, like I think that's that's really what stops him in the tracks. But no, I don't think they need to lose multiple players. Look at how they went on the three game losing streak, losing just Debo and Trent Williams. Well, they lost Debo, Trent Williams, and then wasn't McCaffrey out for? A game? No, he didn't. Uh, he was back the next week. Next week. He missed the end of the Browns game. Yeah. Still, I don't know. Let's talk about the Browns. Now, as much as I, like I said, I don't think that they're a team that wins a Super Bowl this year, but storylines, we never know what the script is for the NFL. The question is, you know, I, I'll take Joe Flacco out of it. Obviously, he's a guy that they picked up. But I guess if you want to add him into there or whatever, that is what it is. But um, when it seems like it seems like teams have, you know, had trouble finding one good quarterback and, you know, the Browns have been able to get pretty decent play. You know, they got pretty decent play from Deshaun Watson this year. Before, you know, he's in and out with injury. Um, DTR has played pretty decent. I think PJ Walker He's rough, right? But at least for a game, I feel like you got all right play from him. Um, and then now with Joe Flacco, what is it about Kevin Stefanski and this this Browns organization that like, it's almost like I feel like they prepared for it. Um, but for them to be able to have four guys now in this season that have played pretty well, what, they're 9-5 and five now? Um, pretty much in the driver's seat for the wild card spot. Like, what... What what have they done differently that other teams have done to be able to have multiple quarterbacks on that roster that can keep them competitive where some teams don't even have one that can keep them competitive? Yeah, so I think there there's quite a few things that have gotten the Browns at this point. One, um, Jimmy D. Haslam finally took a step back and weren't so involved with the day-to-day operations of the team. They... They found a coach in Kevin Stefanski. They found a GM in Andrew Barry, and 
they're letting them do their jobs for more than one year before firing them. You know, this is now year four under Stefanski, um, year three, I think, with Andrew Barry. You know, they're they finally have let uh, a tandem work together and build a team how they see fit. Um, they have finally were able to build a culture of, you know, playing hard and, you know, being a close team. And I think that, I think that's really paying off because you look at how this team was from 99 up until, you know, 2018, you know, instability, firing coaches after one to two years, revolving door at quarterback and head coach GM, just a mess. Um, it took some time, but, you know, from 2018 to when Stefanski was hired, I think those years they were, you know, putting the building blocks together of developing an organization because it wasn't just going to flip overnight and the Browns were going to be Super Bowl contenders. It was going to be still a multi-year process to build the team to where it is now. Um, I think Stefanski's offensive scheme has allowed really any quarterback to come in and play well. Um, you know, he got a lot out of Baker Mayfield. He got PJ Walker to look respectable for a couple games. Case Keenum even was, was at 20 Bakers last year uh, when he was injured. Uh, Case Keenum came in, looked pretty well. Um, I, I think a lot of it is, is coaching and this team is, is really close. Uh, they, they took a trip, during a uh, training camp to the Greenbrier where they had their, their training camp. That was like a team bonding retreat slash training camp. And I, I th- we've seen a lot of players talk about how that really helped them bond as a team. And I think that's one of the reasons why you see them play so hard now is because this is a really close knit team and they've built a culture of accountability and playing hard and playing till the last whistle. And, you know, I, I think it, it's really paid off where they they've been able to lose what like 70 percent of their salary cap to season ending injuries and they're still finding ways to win games and playing hard and at nine and five i mean going into this season if you would have told me that the browns have used four quarterbacks and signed joe flacco to be their starting quarterback and lost nick chubb i'd say okay the browns are winning four games this year and it's going to be a disaster but the fact that this team is is still winning at nine and five with all of the injuries. Um, I think it's, it's really a testament to how, you know, this really is a different organization than the Browns that we grew up watching. Yeah, I agree. I think I, I feel like I, I said it for years. Like the, the biggest thing that the Browns needed was just stability, right? They needed to find somebody that at the very least could be mediocre for four or five seasons, right? To to build to build up a roster, to build up some sort of culture there, um, to instill winning. I think that's the biggest thing. Like even even if for four or five seasons they only won, you know, seven to nine games each of those seasons, like that would be still more winning than what that franchise was used to over the past, you know, what. 16 18 16 to 18 years before that so i just think that that's that's what they needed and i agree like allowing stefans stefanski to do that to build that um to coach that i think that they've put themselves in a situation to where yeah 
I, I think for me, he's got to be coach of the year, um, especially if they continue to win and put themselves in the playoffs. And to now do it with Joe Flacco, who wasn't playing football <laughs> three weeks ago, like I think that's a, that's a testament to the organization that they've they've built. Um, and I don't think that's something that we really would have been able to say six years ago. Um, but yeah, it's very interesting. David, do you have anything else to add to this? I think that I, well, first off, I completely agree with both of you. Number one, I think that this whole idea of finally giving head coaches a chance to actually try and create something started as much as I don't care for the guy, and I think he's a terrible coach, started with Hugh Jackson. Because up until that point, like Dom said, most of our head coaches lasted maybe two years, two and a half at most. And then Hugh Jackson comes around. He's around for three years. And then we obviously saw how that went and how poorly that was. And they finally changed it over to Freddie Kitchens, and they saw how that was an absolute garbage dumpster fire. And then they finally ended up on a success story with Stefanski. So I think that it started in with Hugh Jackson, and they've built it up to Stefanski. Finally. And so I think that's, I think this is just a testament of actually changing the culture years ago and saying, hey, we need to change something. We need to change. Here's what we expect in five years. So that's what I think. Yeah. Another thing, too, I think when you look at organizations that are constantly in a position to compete for the playoffs, when they're drafting, obviously you want to hit on at least that first and second round pick um, to be guys that can be productive people within your team. But you don't need to necessarily pick somebody for an open position at that point, right? You're just kind of going out there trying to find the best talent available. And when you are able to draft that way, you're able to continue to stock your team with the best talent in multiple different positions because you're just drafting based on the best talent available. And I think that's something that you've been able to see that they've been able to do. They, they're they not constantly trying to, you know, restart. They're just trying to add to an already good team. Um, so they're able to just go out there and be like, who do we feel like is the best draft that person? And that continues that success over time because you don't necessarily have to go out there and, and sign a guy in free agency. You get a tight end, he leaves. Well, good thing we drafted a tight end two years ago that was really freaking good. Plug him back in. You know what I mean? I think that's that's really what the, the best teams in the league are able to do. That's what the Patriots are able to do for so long. That's what the Steelers are able to do for so long. So I just think that, that the Browns are at that point now too where – they're just able to load that team with talent, young talent, and continue continue moving forward and being successful. So, well, and we also have 
uh, coaching staff that's able to get the most out of that talent. We got a new defensive yeah. coordinator this year in Jim Schwartz. We got a new special teams coordinator in Bubba Ventrone. Um, and those two aspects of the team are name. two of the most, right? Yeah. Um, but, you know, special teams vastly improved from last year. I think trading for trading a seventh round pick for Dustin Hopkins was one of the better player acquisition moves that Andrew Barry has done this year. Um, and then bringing in Jim Schwartz to completely reinvent that defense it has been just absolutely amazing for this team. Yeah. Be a fun team to watch. Like, I would love nothing more than. Like I said, the storyline of Joe Flacco winning the Browns the Super Bowl would just be, I, I don't know, I don't, I don't know how you even put that on paper, but it, it would be just very interesting. Um, just, just get us one. I, I at this point, <laughs> yeah, you know, I don't, I don't want to speak for the whole, you know, fan base here, but, you know, we're we we've been so used to being the laughing stock of the league, and we're at a point now where we're finally relevant to the point where we're not the laughing stock and you know we're you know semi-respected as an organization you know, just just get us I like I don't care who plays quarterback for this team anymore I just want to I just want to win yeah I guess that's fair I mean I don't know we'll see we'll see we'll see we'll see quarter four projection time we were just talking about them but Browns v Texans guys this seems like a very big game, um, probably bigger for the Texans. Hopefully, CJ is able to come back, but this has playoff implications that are within it, right? The Browns nine and five, they look like they have a little bit more leeway than other teams do. Obviously, you want to try to get to that ten or eleven win point. Um, the Texans need a win for sure so that they can stay on pace. Uh, Dom, who do you have in this game? Um, I have the Browns in this one. I think, you know, it, it, it's just a good matchup right now for the Browns. Um, CJ Stroud still going through concussion protocol, still feeling symptoms from what I've heard today. So it's likely that he's going to miss the game. Um, Texans have a lot of injuries on offense, uh, especially in the wide receiver position and the secondary for the Browns, you know, that's one of the strengths of the defense. So I think things match up well for the Browns. Um, I think they'll go in there and they'll they'll win this game. All right, David. I agree, Browns. Uh, like Dom said, injuries are right now plaguing the Texans as much as the Browns, but the Browns' defense is still stellar as is. Um, so unless the Texans go full-blown Seahawks, desperation god mode um i think the browns will win what you're saying is the texans need to find a way to get drew lock <laughs> um i i'm torn on this one i do think i think it just depends on if cj plays right i think if cj plays the texans still have a really good chance of of winning this game um if he doesn't i don't really see a chance in them winning this game um so with him still being doubtful, I'm going to go with the Browns. But if he plays, I would switch over to the Texans. I just I think that he makes all the difference in the world. Um, I think he's going to be a generational talent at the quarterback position, and I think that when he's on the field, he's been able to will them to wins that they shouldn't have. 
Um, like they shouldn't really even be in contention for a playoff spot at this point, but I just think he's been that good this season. So, um, Bucks Jaguars again. This is another another game where both of these teams are fighting for um, playoff spot. Jaguars are a little bit more secure, but Texans and Colts are right on their heels for that division lead. So they do need this win. Um, the Bucks need this win so they can stay in first place of their division. David, who wins this game? You know what? I went Jaguars last time, but they let me down. I'm going to go Bucks. Okay. Dom? I'm going to go with the Bucks again. Okay. I'm going to go with the Buccaneers too. Listen, I think, I think Baker Mayfield is playing really good this season. Um, I think he's started to settle into that offense, and I think if he can continue to play at that high of a level and that defense – um, can still play the way that they've been playing. I think this is a team that that could really uh, compete for a playoff spot and have a good first round, whether they lose or win. I think it'll be a competitive game for whoever they play. So, um, yeah, and I think I think this is kind of a another must have a good performance for Baker Mayfield um, to kind of solidify himself either to be there in Tampa or. Uh, or get another shot somewhere else. But I do think Tampa will hold on to him if he's able to continue to play well. So um, this next game, these next two games really aren't like, oh my God, they need to win to be in the playoffs. But I do think uh, seeding is important. So this first one's Cowboys-Dolphins. This is just another top matchup within the NFL. Two of these these teams are going to make the playoffs. Um, they're going to be competitive. But at this point, they're just fighting for seeding purposes, um, especially the Dolphins. So, Dom, who do you think wins this game? This is tough for me because these are two teams that I've always said, especially this year, they beat up on bad teams. They can't beat good teams. So um, my my brain's kind of just confused hey, right just, now. Just go 0-0 zero, zero tie. No, if I had to pick a team, <laughs> I'm, I'm going with the Cowboys in this one. Um I I like the the Cowboys defense a lot better than the Dolphins defense. I like I like Dak Prescott a lot better than I like Tua. I think I think Tyreek Hill really makes Tua look good. And I don't think it's the other way around. I don't think Tua is making Tyreek look good. I I think I really think that Tua's numbers this year are really really reliant on on Tyreek. Um, I mean, he had he had a good game this past week without him. I mean, yeah, that's 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 one game they were playing the Jets. Yeah, but the the Cowboys the Cowboys are on a different level than the Jets are. But the Jets defense has been pretty solid all season. Like, yeah, but that but they're exhausted by halftime because they're on the field for eighty five percent of the game. Yeah. So like, it it it's it's a different it's a different level playing the, the Cowboys than the Jets. Um, I, I, I overall, I, I trust the Cowboys more than I trust the Dolphins. Most because I, I really don't trust Tua that much. Okay. David? This is tough because I have Tua on my fantasy team, and he's done very, very well for me over the year. Um, But I got, I got to agree with Dom. I think the Cowboys' defense is more reliant than the actual Dolphins' defense. 
But yeah, that's it. I I don't know. I mean, listen, to me, Tua and Dak are like they're very similar. Like, I think they're very much game manager guys. Like, there's going to be games where they have bad games and they lose you the game, right? I, just, I think that's that's always a possibility, right? It's like that Kirk Cousins type. But they're not going to lose you too many games as long as they, you know what I mean? They're, they're going to keep the ball pretty clean. Like, I know Dak had a, a very turnover-happy year last year, but I think that was maybe the offensive scheme that he was in. He's back to his normal ways this year of being more accurate, of being taking care of the ball better. Um, I think Tua is in the same boat. I do think that the Mike McDaniel's offense leads to a few more interceptions just because of how many times they're throwing the ball deep. But I just don't know without Diggs, I just don't know if that secondary has somebody who can match up with Tyreek Hill. And if Tyreek Hill, Tyree Hill plays... I just I don't see them being able to stop him, especially with him, you know, being able to come back, resting up, being a little bit more healthy. Um, and I don't think the Dolphins' offense or defense is bad, um, especially with what Jalen Ramsey's been back. He's been playing pretty well. So I just I don't know. This one's tough for me. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Dolphins. I want this to be a close game, but like I said earlier, it feels like when we've gotten these matchups, I don't think we've gotten a close game, right? Like, other than maybe Eagles-Chiefs, that was really the only close game. But other than that, I feel like one of the teams has blown out the other team. So it's just like, it'll be very interesting. I hope it's close. I hope it's a fun game to watch. I don't know. Again, this is another one where an injury kind of sways me either way if Pirate Kill doesn't play. I think the Cowboys win, but if he does, I think the Dolphins win. Um, last one, Ravens 49ers. This could very much be Super Bowl preview. Like, this may be what the Super Bowl is. And I think this will be a huge test, a huge test for the Ravens, a huge test for Lamar Jackson to see where they're at. Um, if they're able to win this game, I think you could pretty much say, hey, this is the team to beat in the AFC but this 49ers team is is stacked. They have weapons everywhere on offense. Their defensive line is I don't I don't think that I've seen a defensive line that has that much pass rush talent on one <laughs> defensive line or front seven in a long time. Um was it uh David? I think you're first. Who do you think wins this game, man? Sometimes I forget that I'm muted some Every now and again. Every now um, and again. It's almost every time. <laughs> <laughs> I think that this game will be close, but I think the 49ers will stick it out. I think that they'll actually win. Um, But, hey, who knows? Okay. Uh, Dom? I don't know. I, I agree. I think this could be a Super Bowl preview right now. I, I think both teams are playing well. But I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the 49ers in this game. I'm gonna I'm gonna say this like I do think the beginning of this game will be close, but I think the 49ers are gonna win this by two touchdowns. Like, and I don't think it's gonna be like oh they just dominated them so much. I just think towards the end of this game, there's just gonna be a couple plays and they just kind of bust this thing open. I think uh, I think the Ravens are a good team, 
but I think this would be a good one to have on film for them um, in the event they do play them Thank in the you. Super Bowl. I just think this will be this will be a good litmus test. And, and they may come out and win the game, but I just think the 49ers are just on a run right now. Um, I don't know if you guys noticed, but I think the last like six or like six games of their season, they play all bird teams. Um, and they've just been shooting all those birds down. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't feel like they're going to stop. Oh, you were literally talking about birds. I was like, what the f- yeah, yeah, yeah. They're just playing all teams of birds. Just like, <laughs> no, 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 no. Like all the, all the bird teams in the NFL. I so. got you. I got you. Yeah. Um, and they've been they've been pretty dominant through that stretch. So I don't think that stops. I think that they're just on this run. And like I said, I think health is a big thing for them. Um, and Brock Purdy's just got to continue to keep the ball clean and play well, and I think they'll be fine. So I think uh, Lamar Jackson's going to be kind of running for his life because he's going to have Bosa and Chase Young and all the rest of those guys on that defensive line coming for him. So... It'd be fun to watch. Um, that's pretty much it, guys. That's the full episode there. Um, I probably would say no episode next week. It's Christmas. <laughs> um, fair enough. So we will catch you guys in a couple weeks. Um, we'll try to recap the Christmas games, um, the games for the week after that, and there should only be one more game before we head into the playoffs. So maybe we'll do our um games. Huh? Don't forget the bowl games, New Year's Eve. Oh yeah, New Year's Eve bowl games. Yeah. We'll kind of go over Ohio State's bowl game. Um if you guys haven't been keeping track, Kyle McCord is on Stanford now. Uh definitely a, a weird move. I don't seems like a downgrade, but I mean, hey, to each their own. Um so we'll get the uh the Devin Brown experience. Maybe we'll see Lincoln Keenholds. Maybe Ohio State has a new quarterback on their roster for next year. Who knows? So that'll be fun to kind of talk about uh, when we get to that point. But other than that, like I said at the beginning of the episode, this was Two Minute Drill presented by Deep Dive Sports. And we'll catch you guys on the next one. Thank you, everyone, for listening to another episode of Two Minute Drill. And make sure to follow the show on Instagram at Two Minute Drill Podcast. D-D-S. Don't forget to follow deep.dive.sports on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And you can listen to all of our shows wherever you get your podcasts. Also, comment on all our posts and episodes. We would love to hear what you think about the show and what we talk about each week. And as always, two-minute hero listeners, until next time.